IntelliKey Leadership Stories with Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn or visit our website, pureintellikey.com. Here's your host, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Hello, friends, and welcome back to our podcast, IntelliKey Leadership Stories. And this is the podcast where we talk to leaders about how they're growing and innovating their organizations, including nonprofits, and how they're reaching for their own soul's potential and their full human purpose. And Kirsten, we've had just such rich, meaningful conversations with these leaders, haven't we? We've had great conversations, Mark, so much depth and continued dialogue about the futures that are being created for us. And I think those futures, you know, really involve these young leaders that are showing us a new way to work and a new way to lead in life. Yeah. Not only are they showing us a new way, they're demanding that we stop and get it right. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a demand gen, if you will. There you go. Let's back up and take a a different approach, a more conscious approach, we'd say. Absolutely. I would agree with that. Well, I think it's uh, along that topic that we're just so happy to welcome today's guest, Alenia Moore. Alenia, welcome to the program. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's going to be a terrific conversation. Kirsten, tell us a little about our guest today. I am so glad to. I had the privilege. I don't even know how she found me, but I felt so honored to be part of an event she put together on Clubhouse for Women's International Day. And Alenia, I don't know what you did, but you pulled together some of the most magnificent women. I mean, we were just, it was galvanizing to have the conversation. And, you know, when I dug into Alenia's background, you know, I realized she's a young leader with just such extraordinary accomplishments, but her soul reflects larger aspects of the human being. But she is the founder of Ladies Under Construction and also More Out of Life. Yep. More out of life speaks. Yes, ma'am. And I heard you say this, so I want to honor this. You know, you don't like to be referenced as the awards that you've won. You want to be seen as a human being. So I want to acknowledge that for you, that we do see you as that. And we also love all of your accomplishments for such a young person that has really dedicated a life of service. So Alenia has been recognized as the youth chairperson for the Indianapolis NAACP. She's been a speaker at the 2012 NAACP Youth Summit. You also won the Indianapolis Mayor Community Service Award, and you're also an author through my lens. So there's a lot there, right, Mark? There's a lot right there. Uh, I love all those leadership qualities. Alenia, I think uh, with all that, I think as we get started, this organization, Ladies Under Construction, what do you see we're building? Well, the main goal, I know a lot of people always ask me that and they think that it's a construction company. Right. But one thing that I always <laughs> say is it is a girls mentoring program. And so I believe that because the word ladies under construction, the phrase, it came from because we are all ladies. We're under construction. Nobody is ever complete. And so with my girls, I teach them and I emulate that example of no one is perfect, so it's okay. But we're all growing to become the woman that we would like to become eventually. So giving themselves grace and patience because nobody is perfect. And I guess the construction metaphor really implies that there's a blueprint, there's a plan, there's a model to be built. Tell us about that. 
Yes. So we talk a lot about foundation. Um, as we know, uh, when it comes to construction, everything can look good on the outside and it can be great built. But hey, if a storm comes, it's going to get blown down. So when it comes to our life and just understanding with the young ladies, teaching them the foundational principles, uh, which is just uh, a lot of self-esteem development, understanding who you are and also having the right character and the right confidence. And so with that, as long as you have that strong foundation to stand on as you continue to build, and when we talk about building, I'm looking at it as the village and resources that can help you, that can enhance you, and that's going to be able to cultivate that growth aspect in you, regardless of what, where you started at. So good. And how do you attract the, the girls to your program? What, what is the magnet that draws them to want to have this kind of teaching and mentoring and guidance? Well, I mean, I was the young lady before, so I would say part of the magnet is me, Mark. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm, um, I'm sure it is. <laughs> but aside from the lovely person being the magnet, um, really being relatable being relatable. Um, I've worked in the educational field. I worked in a public school system. I've worked in foster care. I've worked in a juvenile justice system. And so I believe that my array of knowledge uh, and my array of experience, and then also uh, my uh, reaching of individuals and to individuals via the social media sources um, has been things that have been very, very great in reference to pulling them in because we all know they're out there, but it's about being real and relatable and not necessarily coming at them from a judgment space as if we're judging them, just coming alongside of them and letting them know we are just there to help walk them along their journey. I, I, it's so true because I couldn't help it even as we were talking about that saying, do the girls come to you and say, I need a mentor? Or has somebody referred them and said, you know, you, you know get what? taken under your wing, you know, you need yeah. some guidance. Yeah. And you know what? And that's a good question, Mark, because um, a lot of times people think that girls don't want change and kids doesn't want, don't want help. I'll tell you within the last couple of years, it's been so amazing because most of the young ladies that I get that are around like 16 and 17, they're reaching out to me on Facebook themselves. And they've heard about the program or they've showed interest in the program. And so it's always so important. Um, honestly, uh, what I do is when someone is about, I would say, because we work with ages 8 to 18. And, mm -hmm. and to be honest, once a young lady, I would say around 13, I really sit down with the young lady and ask them, is this what they want? Because if the parent is just making them do it, it's just like, it's a program and I'm just being made to do this. So I ask them and, and I really, I'm relatable to them. I let them know I'm donating my time. I'm providing my time to you because I remember being a teenage girl, not having someone like me. And so if I'm going to come and put my best foot forward, can you do the same for me? And so I really talk to them based on that particular level. Um, and then they'll, they'll let me know, you know, whether they will and whether they won't. And I have yet one person, I don't have one person since I've been doing this to say no, <laughs> you know? So yeah. So it's, it, it's amazing. It's really, really good. And I mean, I just love it. Yeah. And so I, you know, talking about all of these young girls, I mean, what a ripple effect that can make in a community. What do you find is the largest transformation you're making within these communities that these young girls are, you know, becoming because of the work that you're doing with them? You know, the biggest thing that I would say is um, 
just leaving with them an ounce of belief and hope that no matter where you've come from and where you're currently at, that you can potentially be that change that you've been looking for. And so I think that's the biggest thing for me um, because those that know where I'm from and what, what I've actually been able to experience and just to give you a little bit, I was raised with my grandmother. My mother was actually uh, on and off drugs and she's also paranoid schizophrenic and I don't know who my father is. And so people that know me, they know, you know, wow, how have you been able to get where you're at and how have you been able to do these things? But I'll tell you, I can definitely say a pivot for me was the fact that my basketball coach actually cared. And so my basketball coach was the one that taught me the game of sports, but really it was those life skills and provided me with a lot of resources and exposure. So when I look back on my life, he was the one that gave me that just sprinkle of belief and hope that even though I may not have seen certain things and may, I may not uh, think that I can become something, once I was given that foundation, that, that discipline, that strength, that encouragement, and just someone there to support and lead me along the way that I could be something that I never had to change the trajectory of my bloodline. And so that is the purpose of what I do because I just hope that in my journey, I can just leave just some type of ounce of belief and hope that they too can be the change that they're looking to see. You said something so profound, change the trajectory of my bloodline. Yes. So many of us come from a place where we don't have the luxury of intergenerational wealth or education, right? We come from poverty or places or experiences that don't allow for that particular growth. And to change the bloodline, it also heals our ancestral line, but it gives rise to who's coming. And I, I believe you have a child. So what a beautiful gift to offer your child. Yes, indeed. And that is what I do. Why I do what I do is just so it's, it's more than just a mission for me. It's a legacy. And that legacy means a lot because I just remember being that girl. And so when we talk about change the trajectory of the bloodline, I always ask people the question, you know, um, I train a lot of motivational speakers. They say that's what they want to do. And I ask them, I said, at what cost are you willing to pay? Because in me, in changing the trajectory of my bloodline, I can definitely tell you there's been some, there's been some interesting costs that I've had to pay. There's been some sacrifices, but I know that my reward of a great legacy is much greater than any sacrifice anybody or anything can come my way. And so that's why I make sure that I keep that legacy mindset in front of me. Uh, And it sounded like you've had some influences, as you said, like your basketball coach. But I'm curious if you've always felt like this seed of potential was inside you all along. Yes. Like, did you feel like if somebody would just recognize it or water it or, you know, give it some sunshine, give it some light? Tell us about that. I I would say, you know what, that's so interesting. And, you know, being real and being very, very honest, growing up as an African-American woman and seeing African-American girl, I would say, and just seeing so many African-American women that were around me that were not really emulating what what I wanted to become. I always knew that it was something 
even if that means everybody wants to go outside and play, but I want to go to the boys and girls club. You know, everybody wants to do all these different things, but I just, I'll just stay in the house. I really wasn't a, a outside person too much. And a lot of that was because the strictness of my grandparent though, but you know, <laughs> I, I sit back and I'm like, you know what? I'm happy she didn't let me run around with them. I'm happy that she, you know, it was never a question that I can say, let me go stay tonight over someone's house. I will never ask that question. Like I knew what it was going to be because what we're, you know, the, the neighborhood we were around and it's not about the neighborhood that you're around because people can still do great things. They just have to be given resources. And so um, as I continue to do that, it, it was just very important for me. I ended up being the youth of the year for the boys and girls club as a young girl. And so I remember even as an adult, I was actually moving here recently and I, I saw my plaque and I was just like, wow. So the reality is even as a young person, I was doing this. Mm -hmm. I just didn't understand what it was. It was just that I knew that was the way out. And so at 17, once I graduated, I ended up being a first generation college student and I went three hours away from home and listen here, I did that because I wanted to go to the furthest city that was still in Ohio, <laughs> but far enough away that I would not have to be worried about anybody else. And so I was isolated, I was alone, but I believe that right there allowed me to birth the woman I became today because I was isolated away from normality and what I was used to. I loved it though. I loved it. And it's, it's and that's why I think people always say, I'm trying to find my purpose, find my purpose, find my purpose. Stop looking on the outside. It's in you. It's whatever that little fire inside of you that you're not watering. And so that's what that is. That's so strong. So inspiring. And Alenia, I think, you know, we, we've wanted to use our podcast platform, not only to share the stories of leaders and what you've done to grow personally, but also to give a voice maybe to some of the social justice and community issues that our country is facing and really to let us listen to you. So it's great that you're sharing, you know, your experiences with the young girls, but what are you hearing back? You know, and what, what do we need to amplify in terms of their experiences that we can learn from? I would say, um, listen to understand and not listen to respond. Also, another thing that I would say, just as adults in general, for the young people that are in our lives, we have to do more storytelling. We didn't just, we weren't just born and became adults. Tell them, tell them the stories about your childhood. Tell them the stories and the things that you had to overcome to make it to where you're at today. Because a lot of times they feel like their voices aren't heard and they feel like you just arrived here, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> it's a lot of, you know, do as I say, not as I do. That's, that's not gonna work. And lastly, I would say, even though we may not agree with their culture, the music and all these other things that they enjoy, expose yourself to it. Find out why they like the people. Find out why they like these certain songs and just be relatable. So that would be my advice. Mm, that's really profound to, can, to, you know, from my perspective, to have to listen, actually having to listen to their music, right? I'm now that person that listens, to, has to listen to the younger person's music. But you're right. Why are they listening to it? Uh, but I have a question for you. So you talked about that storytelling. What were the mm -hmm. stories that your grandmother told you as she was the one who raised you? Because it sounds like she had an incredible amount of wisdom 
and how she chose to raise you? Yeah, I would say, um, wow, that's a good question. Um, I would say the main thing is not necessarily a story, but she taught the family unit. She taught what it was like to not really judge people and just be family. You know, although she was not, she taught me about the village because she knew that there were a lot of things she wasn't able to do, whether that be financially, physically, or just in general. And so she taught me to seek village. And I think that's the most important thing that I've learned as a child. As a child, I looked at it as very embarrassing. (laughs) You know, uh, we have all these resources and these people coming in and helping and helping. She just taught me to be vulnerable. You know, um, for her as a grandparent, she raised her four grandchildren and we, you know, I like to always say a lot of times it was more months than it was money, but she still made it happen, you know? So with that, she taught how to be vulnerable and how to be connected to the resources that are in your community. That's palpable. Yeah, it's very strong. And I guess I'm also wondering, you know, as you are trying to build this program. What are some of the goals and dreams you're having for the program? But also maybe what are some of the obstacles that you know you need to overcome to make more impact? Well, I will start with the obstacles. (laughs) The main (laughs) obstacle that people always tell me is that I think too small. That there, And I know that there's so much more in me that I'm actually doing. And I'm not going to say that I'm afraid of success, but I will say that, you know, it's just, I just look back on my life of where I come from and I'm like, wow, a lot of times I would say contentment, still going, still going on cruise control, I would say, but kind of being okay with where I'm at. And that's, that's a big reason why I don't like, like the awards and all those different things. I got to tell you, if you're cruise control, I'm in trouble. (laughs) I'm just saying, if that's your yes. I have some catching up to do. I'll tell you, my head is always going crazy because it's just like, it's so much to be done. And people are like, oh my God, you do this, you do that. But it's so easy for me because it just feels so natural. And so what, what I see myself at, I definitely want to, um, I'm going to uh, become an international speaker. And so um, in being an international speaker, I I see to uh, just continue to travel the world to schools, organizations that serve girls um, and just be an inspiration and a beacon of hope. And then lastly, for ladies under construction for the organization, uh, my ultimate goal is to uh, end up having a building. And so I want a youth and family building to where I'll have programs and services for the family, uh, like mentoring and tutoring, uh, different resources, educational support, and just a community center that's going to be in a neighborhood that is less fortunate. That's very, very admirable goals. Listeners, uh, if you're in one of the 22 countries where we have listeners of this podcast, you just got your next international speaker introducing herself to you. So uh, please contact her to speak to your organization or your group. Well, Alina, before we ask some final questions about where you see things next, we want to make sure that people know where to connect with you and know where to read more about and support your programs. How do we find you? No problem. Thank you so much for asking that. So for Ladies Under Construction, it's ladiesunderconstruction.org. And for my uh, organization, More Out of Life Speaks, it's just molspeaks.org. And so those are the two websites that you can actually connect with or 
if you are in the U.S. and you are able to contact the number, our hotline for ladies under construction is area code 317-721-4-L-U-C. Well, we'll be sure to include those in our show notes too, so people can refer to them. Well, we've just enjoyed our conversation so much. And I guess on this topic of potential and how we see things, look over the horizon a little bit. And I don't mean just, you know, where do you see yourself in five years, but where do you see the potential of this kind of growth and mentoring of girls and ladies, as we say, under construction? I would say um, overall, just having a village to where we understand that um, we have two arms. One should be reaching up. One should always be reaching back and pulling someone else up. And so uh, that is ultimately where I, where I see it. I see a lot of peer mentoring schools where you have upperclassmen uh, mentoring uh, those that are just entering into high school um, and just a village to where we care more about each other to share stories. I love storytelling. Storytelling is very important. And I believe the more I tell my story and share my journey, I can be the light to someone else's darkness. So that's where I would say. That's terrific. And you've certainly brought light to our day. So thanks for sharing your story with us. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. And Kirsten, this is just the kind of stories that uh, you like to share in your tea conversations, but also in your classes that you bring your clients together. A lot of young leaders, a lot of leaders later in their careers, but everybody telling their stories, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I don't know what it is. I get chills, right? Because for me, I'm committed to seeing that our future change, you know, where we've come from is not okay. So we need a better place. It just, it moves me. And these young professional groups that I have and these salty conversations. So we have to Alenia's point, the community, there's not that isolatedness. You can come together and build resources to build each other's dreams and elevate together. Well, thanks again, Alenia, for being with us. Listeners, our guest has been Alenia Moore. She's the founder of a group called Ladies Under Construction. It's in Indianapolis, making a community impact. But I think, Kirsten, you would agree, making a global impact as well. Without a doubt. Ripples far beyond the city limits. Thank you. Yes, indeed. And listeners, come back again for our next episode. We'll continue our conversations with IntelliKey leaders like Alenia on how they're building and growing organizations, embracing people and their goals and their aspirations, and most of all, how they're living their human purpose, their soul's potential in business and in life. So for Kirsten Goldie, I'm Mark Stenson. This is IntelliKey Leadership Stories, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. On behalf of your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stinson, thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. If you like IntelliKey Leadership Stories, I want to tell you about another podcast I host called Unlocking Your World of Creativity. Each episode features an expert from somewhere around the globe that tells us about how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, and how they gain the confidence and connections to get their work out into the world. From singer-songwriters to entrepreneurs, on topics like data analytics to hotel management, 
We talked to experts from Milan and Oslo, Buenos Aires and Los Angeles, all over the globe to bring you the best ideas and inspiring your creative thinking. You can find Unlocking Your World of Creativity wherever you listen to podcasts.